Welcome aboard, Captain. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wrath of Khan Minute. Uh, I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. And we are here analyzing uh, each and every minute of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, today's episode, we're looking at Minute 3. Uh, minute 3 starts out uh, with uh, ex- ex- more credits we've been talking about for the past three days now. Uh, starts out with executive consultant Gene Roddenberry and ends a minute later with some blob of graphics. Yay! Yay! We get the movie. Yay! Actual movie. Actual movie. I'll t- I'll take a blob of graphics. It's it's. I'm yes. I'm ready. I've been waiting for three minutes. I'm ready. <laughs> so yeah, executive consultant Gene Roddenberry. Yes. Um. And there's a reason why he was the executive consultant. He was no longer an executive producer for this movie due to the. Poor reviews of motion picture. So they shuttled him off of the producer duties and just sort of had him be on set and consulting. Really? Yes. That doesn't seem fair. Well, he is the godfather of Star Trek, so. I guess, yeah. You got to keep him around. You couldn't just, like, kick him out completely. That would be blasphemous. Wow. So because uh, because it was so. Well, we'll talk about Phantom Menace maybe some. Or. to menace the motion picture someday yikes uh yeah a little uh freudian freudian slip there (laughs) yes (laughs) i guess Uh, that's what we we know what you think about (laughs) the motion picture man man um yeah well i mean gene is uh geez i mean we i'm sure there are podcasts devoted just to him and all the things he's done right and how his his vision for the future and everything so uh, there's nothing but good things to say about gene I, i i i wouldn't I wouldn't zing him for the motion picture. Um, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, obviously he had a great vision that you know was a TV show and, and spawned much like Star Wars did. It spawned a culture um, that people today still go to the movies. They still watch the movies and still do fan movies for. So I mean, he definitely, you know, when I said Godfather, he was the Godfather of Star Trek. He was the you know, yeah, and he kind of created like this whole, and again, I'm getting, yeah, he created this whole um, well, like culture, mythology, um, but this, you know, this um, this future, the vision of the future that's almost that we could aspire to, right? You know, yeah, exactly. And, uh, which is one of the things I love about Star Trek is that you mm-hmm. know it's still it's still stuff. There's things in there. There's you know the characters and you know, the future of humanity, and you know all of those things. It's, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's aspirational, and right. If, I don't know if that was all, and probably all, you know, related to the, you know, the the whole space race that was going on in the in the, in the late '60s with us trying to get to the moon and all that stuff. I'm sure it's all right. intimately tied, and that's where it's born from. But uh, it's definitely one of the things that uh, always, you know, strikes a nerve for me, or in in, in a good way. And, and uh, yes, it's one of the things I love about it. So yep. All right. Next up, one of my favorites. Um, James Horner. So, did you do your homework? 
<laughs> I did do my homework. Thank you very much. I uh, I listened to probably about half of the soundtrack. It was which is all available on YouTube. So those who, if you guys want to go do your homework, you don't have to go buy Corral. You can go listen to it on yes. YouTube. Uh, but yeah, my goodness, there are a couple of, a couple of tracks there that I'm like. Yep, that's what he was talking about because <laughs> it sounds like there was a there was there was kind of an actiony one that sounded that you know was reminiscent. Um, there was some kind of, sort of mellow mellower ones too that like like note for note like the, you know just a few notes but note for note it's stuff like that's you in, could just you hear it and you're like that is Star Trek two rehashed right. But you know what I get, I I think I think it's a little bit of his mo. Because I went and you know went and look, went and looked at you know his resume, which is quite impressive. Um, yes. Uh, I've got well, we talked about Crawl, uh, Commando, uh, Braveheart, Apollo 13, uh, Titanic, uh, oh, wow. Avatar. Um, he's basically the common thread there. If you didn't quite pick up on it, is he's basically James Cameron's John Williams. Yep. Right. So he's doing all the music for James Cameron movies, but um, when you brought it up about when you brought up Krull, you know, sounding like Wrath of Khan, I didn't mention it when we talked about it, but it definitely clicked for me. I think Wrath of Khan shows up again in Aliens, um, mm. and uh, for those who uh, haven't seen Aliens, there's it's, you know it's, it's a very action-heavy movie, but there's a sequence in there where there's uh, it's a uh, Dave, you've you've seen it when uh, when yep. Rip, when, oh, yeah. when Ripley's rescuing the Marines and she's driving this big tank, armored vehicle, and she's racing oh, yeah. racing through the the building and everything. And the music they're playing, it could have been right out of some of the battle scenes that are in in the back half of this movie. Um, I'll have to go back and listen to that. She totally go back to it, and then and then after th- hearing that and then looking at this list, Commando. I think Commando has yeah. some elements of it too, like this. And I I, I don't know. I don't know if I can articulate the yeah the it's i think it's his use of percussion and and definitely he, he definitely can he can hone in on the on the on music for things with right. military you know aspects to them and all those movies we're talking about all have some kind of you know naval commando he was what a marine or something or a special right. forces yeah. guy but um yeah so huh. i'm i'm a fan i like james horner i love him I, I do. I, th- I think he did a great job on Wrath of Khan. And the other movies you mentioned, Aliens, great movie, great score, Commando, you know. That's a good fun movie. One. Yep. Fun movie. But uh, some of the other ones that you mentioned definitely are, are great movies. And, you know, obviously being a part with uh, James Cameron can't, can't hurt. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Anything else on James, Mr. Horner? Uh, nope. And then we're gonna we're gonna move through some uh, other opening credits that uh, you know I'm sure they did great at what they did you know editing production design director <laughs> of photography but we didn't really go into the background of you know each and every one of them we're sort of right getting uh, to the end of this minute we're, we're getting excited for the action I think that's yes. that's why so um, but I do have some uh, Harv Bennett. Uh, was the executive producer? Um, yep. I did some research on him and, and looking in his background and stuff. And he he really he came up through uh, television. That was a, a lot of a lot of uh, mm-hmm. his resume was television. And he uh, he actually uh, was involved with creating um, the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh wow! And the, and the and the Bionic Woman, which were I was a huge huge fan of as yep. a kid. Um, and 
So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and do you know, have they ever rebooted either of those shows? I heard there was rumors they were doing the $6 million man again, but uh, I hadn't really heard uh, much. I heard they were going to do a comedy about it, but <laughs> well, not really sure they could do that one justice. A comedy? How do you start? I mean, yeah. the guy got wrecked in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> How do you I'm turn sure that into they, funny? I'm, believe me, I'm sure they could figure out a way. But uh, <laughs> other things that Harp Bennett, you know, he was the executive producer on this, and he was involved in a lot of other things. But he also was a, you know, he did a lot of writing too, mm-hmm. um, specifically for other Star Trek movies. So he was, you know, involved in the Search for Spock, the Voyage Home, Final Frontier. Um, you know, whether he did screenplay or the story. Um, so he wasn't just a, you know, executive producer. Yep. He's all hands in, hands on. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and I had a, I had that note just on that same uh, same note, the screenplay and story. Um, uh, Harv Bennett uh, uh, worked on that with uh, Jack uh, Sowards. 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 Yep. Um, and uh, I was looking at it too. Um, I have uh, the novelization of Rathacon, um, and that was uh, just. Well, we throw in all the writers, right? Uh, Vonda McIntyre uh, was a person who did the novelization. Uh, based, oh, okay. Based on the screenplay, um, the novelization's fun, and I'll and I'll, I'll be kind of dipping into it as we go throughout the podcast. It's kind of fun because uh, some some of the characters are fleshed out more. There's scenes right. that were uh, deleted from the film but are in the novelization, so there's, there's some you know some backstory or some you know just so it goes in a little more depth. So it's kind of fun to. Um, I remember reading it and you know, learning a lot, and like, oh, I don't remember that in the film, and yeah, that's yeah, it was totally cut out. But uh, so right, yeah, no, that's uh, great. That'll that's cool. be uh, good for me since I never, I haven't read that. And right, good to find out a lot of those tidbits that didn't quite make it into the movie. So, Dave, where do you stand on uh, spoilers for Wrath of Khan as we're going through this podcast? Should we be <laughs> keep, should, should we be should we assume? That everybody listening knows the film, or should we assume that some are just wa- pl- watching one minute at a time with us, and they've never seen how it ends? Well, I would assume that we would spoil anything once we got <laughs> to it, but I would have to say that most people listening to this are fans of the movie or fans of Star Trek. That, yes, for sure. Well, you know what? I'm going to save then. I've got some. I have some tidbits. So talking about Harv and Jack Sowards, uh, I'm going to save. Remind me when we get to the end of the movie to talk about I have a little bit more on Jack Sowards. Okay. All right, so don't don't forget in I will not forget know, 6 months from now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll save that one for later. Okay. So finally we're getting to the end of the credits and we see that the movie has been directed by Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer, as we know, also directed uh, Undiscovered Country. Yep. And uh, one of the interesting things I found out, and I remember this, uh, you know, watching this on TV, was he did The Day After. The Day After. The big uh, nuclear, uh, back during the height of the, you know, arms race, that um, it was the show about the, what happened if the bomb had dropped. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the day after the bomb had dropped. And that was like this big... You know, I remember talking about it in school, and it was like this big talking piece for everybody. That's right. I forgot about that. Us, us, uh, us, Generation Xers. 
Yes. Live through that fear of the Cold War, and you know that. I guess we got through the tail end of it, or we got through it, right? But uh, yeah, there was that. Right. There was always that lingering fear back then that the World War Three was just around the corner. Yeah. And the other thing I found out about Nicholas Meyer is that, uh, and I didn't know if you knew this, is that there's going to be a new Trek series coming out. And he is actually working on the pilot episode for that. Ah, fantastic. Yes, I did know there was one coming. Uh, uh, But no, I didn't know he was attached to it. That's cool. Yeah. Do you know anything about the the plot or anything? Or when it's based? Or is it, you know... I don't even know if they have a name yet. Okay, all right. So... I just just have heard new Star Trek series. Yep. Yeah, man, I'll give it a try. You know, I think, what was it, Enterprise was the last one that came out, and... I gave it a try. <laughs> I didn't go. Well, very I mean, far. it's kind of you know you have the you know the the reboot series which is still ongoing you know with Christopher Pine and Zach Pinto and uh, uh, you, you know you have them and you know those are successful mm-hmm. and then you're going to reboot and you know shoot another series. I, I don't know what it's going to be about and you know I'm not sure what they could what they could do at this point but um you know you did the beginning of the enterprise you know obviously this the five-year mission the next generation deep space nine voyager you know i'm not sure what the next unless you did something about the academy you know yeah but it's interesting i never i didn't even didn't even cross my mind that it could be it could be in that you know that rebooted universe so this alternate timeline that that's come about with the jj abrams reboot right interesting all right, well, cool. Nicholas Meyer. Anything else on Nicholas? I didn't look. I didn't see too much about him other than the same thing, the undiscovered country. That was kind of the most interesting thing that stood out. Yeah, that and the day after were the two big things that I saw. Yep. Well, there we go. Any other? Anyone else listed by name? Nope. He is the last person in the credit opening credits, so we can now move on to in the twenty third century. In the twenty third century, so I am still happy. That Star Trek takes place sometime still in our future. Yes. It's not, you know, we've had so many moments now that have come and gone in science fiction. You know, whether it was 2001 A Space Odyssey or Blade Runner, which I think takes place in 1999. Um, yeah, somewhere and, around there, yeah. Right, and just recently we just, we just uh, back, to the, back to the Future, right? Yeah. Now all the Back yep. to the Future films have occurred in the past. <laughs> Yep. in our past and like ugh um, but what I like that because they push Star Trek so far forward up into the 23rd century is like we still got plenty of time to potentially reach that right um, so I'm just happy it's still way out there <laughs> still hoping that you that we'll uh, get the teleporters and the uh, lights uh, light speed uh, warp speed yeah exactly exactly so there's still hope I don't have my jetpack yet but you know it's not the 23rd century this time. Yep. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then, so in the 23rd century. We, we in cut. the 23rd century, and we again, we hear that that one eerie note. Yep. Love the eerie note. Lead, lead us into our first image of what's going on, maybe? But before that, Dave, before the image, we hear our first Beep and boop yep. from the bridge. Yes, that's right. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I think you. Oh, I think you nailed it. Was it three beeps? I th- I, I only counted two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, super exciting. It's 
2030, you know, we, it's, 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 well, we're getting there. It's just a taste yes. of, we know we're about to, we're, we know we're about to see the bridge, which I think is cool in that second of footage. So, I mean, we obviously know what we're going to see, but it's, we see something rotating, we see the beeping, <laughs> so we're assuming that it's some sort of scanner or, or some sort of, you know, it could be anything. Of, it could be anything, right? It could be volleyball. This could be okay, Wilson. This could be the <laughs> this could be the recreation deck of, of the Enterprise. For all we know, <laughs> it, it is true. It's, you are correct. <laughs> we didn't get much, nope. but at least we've made it to action. Thank goodness! I am so excited. Tomorrow it dives right in, or yep. Monday, I guess it dives right in. We get to our next minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have anything else for this minute? I think that's uh, unfortunately think they they leave us hanging, which is. They do, and I think this is, uh, you know, we've made it through the opening credits. We're now into action. I think it's a good place to stop and come back with gusto in the next episode. Agreed. All right, man. Well, then, uh, for those of you who have been listening, we will be back on Monday. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Um, uh, If you want to reach us in in the meantime, you just drop us a note uh, at uh, podcast at wrathoconminute.com. Um, we'll be keeping an eye, eye out for uh, for your comments, and hopefully we can share them on air um, in, in upcoming minutes. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. See you later, Chris. Bye, Dave. <laughs>